Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And hi, it's Ayers on the Road. And we have been on the road. Actually, we haven't been on for a couple of weeks, but we have been in St. George, Utah. We've been, we've been close by compared to the last show we did from England or wherever we were. Wherever that was. Switzerland, somewhere. But it's kind of good to be home. And boy, did we come home to wintertime. We thought we'd come home and it would be still beautiful autumn here in our Park City location. But it is really winter. It snowed last night. We've got a little fire going in the fireplace. We've got, uh, we're drinking um herbal tea to warm ourselves up. We've got cups from Zabar's, our favorite bagel shop in New York. <laughs> but you, you're, um, you're skirting the subject. We went down to St. George for Richard's um, Oh, no, we're not talking about that. Senior games. Right not talking about yes, that. we are. No, we agreed to not talk about No, we did not. Because I just... lost in my favorite event. We don't want to bring that up. And the triple jump. Yeah. Darn. He always gets a medal, but this year... The professionals came and we blew it. You, sorry, you didn't blow it, but you just couldn't jump that far as so, far as they could. So for 20 years, we've been going down to the World Senior Games in St. George. It's just kind of a fun place to go in October. And I always compete in the tennis, and I usually manage to win medals in the tennis. Well, he, just to say, year. he won but, the gold and the doubles with his doubles partner, Tom Smith. It was a really squeaker in a third set tiebreaker, but they won. And then Linda, who cares about this? He Come got on. the silver in singles. I think you do. What does this have to do with parenting? This has to do with um, Ayers on the Road. <laughs> and we have been um, having fun at these games. It's so good to see people competing, isn't it? It's just great. Well, it, it is good to see people compete. We, we there, there was a guy 80 years old. Who won? Who set a world record for for an eighty year old in the triple jump? That's the for for you people who aren't in the track. That's an interesting event, like the broad jump, like the long jump. Only you, you get three steps. You get a hop, a skip, and a jump. And um, this guy was unbelievable. Uh, unbelievable. Eighty years old. He ran like a teenager. We, he it gave like- me hope for the future. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know. I <laughs> think mean, your body's going to turn into that little skinny body. <laughs> um, he was uh, really fit, but honestly, his just his muscle connections were amazing. We saw it. Our, he looked like an 18-year-old. It was absolutely well, amazing. What, what it really does is it, it sort of it reinforces something we've talked a lot about on the show, which is that grandparents are a whole new addition these, these days. You know, it used to be that grandparents would hope they could live long enough to see their grandkids get born. Now, grandparents routinely, uh, on average, live long enough to see their grandparents married and, and grandchildren. their grandchildren married and, and maybe even to become great grandparents. And so what does that mean? Well, it means that if you take care of yourself, do the best you can. And if you have a little luck and some blessings from heaven, I guess you, you can not only live a long time, but continue to be an integral part of your family for a long, long time. I mean, three generation families, four generation families, pretty wonderful things. And so what a neat world we live in, but that that's nothing to do with the topic for today. What we wanted to, to talk about today for a while is really a fun, interesting subject. You know, 
it, it came to mind a, a little while ago when some people came up to us after a speech and basically said, look, you know, the problem is it's so hard to prior. It's so hard to, to, to walk the talk. It's so hard to really prioritize children and family in a world where everything else is tugging at you all the time. It's like the kids are there and you know they're your first priority, but how do you find the time? And even more important than the time, how do you find the mental energy to really prioritize those kids? And I guess, Linda, you know, one generate, one definition of, of, of frustration is when you, when your actions don't match up completely with your beliefs. I don't know if I'm saying that very well, but uh, the bottom line is that virtually everyone, I mean, you can look at public opinion surveys. When people say, what's your priority? What's the most important thing to you? People always say, my family. That's the first. That's the, my children, yeah, my that's family. Right. That's always number one. But then when they do studies about where the time is being spent, uh, where the energy is being spent, where the mental effort is being spent, it's it's not aligning with what our priorities are. So anyway, these people came up and I, I'm, I'm making it more complicated than it was. Their question was pretty simple. How do we really prioritize our family? Because we get, you know, everything else is pulling at our attention, the internet, our jobs, our church work, everything's taking all this time. How do we find time and energy for the kids? You know, it's interesting because I just finally sent in a manuscript called Grandmothering. And <clears throat> it's not even going to be out until Mother's Day. I mean, imagine that. It's, we're in October still, but um, I have been laboring over this book. I mean, I have had such little time to do it. But now, suddenly, the deadline loomed. I am working on it 24-7 for seven days. And then I suddenly think, my gosh, I haven't written a note to a grandchild. I, I don't know what so-and-so is doing. I don't know what so-and-so is doing. I have lost track of my grandchildren because it's so overwhelming when these things are on top of you all the time that seem more important at the moment. And it really does. And I, I have to say I have been thinking a lot more about grandchildren just because I've been writing about it. But actually putting it to work is another thing. Well, I think, I think it comes down to two things. I think parents, a lot of times, and grandparents, don't know quite what to do. That, that's, that's one problem. They just, they, they want to be better parents, but they just don't know how. It, you know, it's the old thing that, you know, when they, when they bring the baby into you in the hospital after delivery, there's no owner's manual. There's no instruction book. You have to figure it out on your own. So, so one problem that we've talked about a lot and that all of us are aware of is that you have to learn how to be a parent. And that's what this show's devoted to almost every week. But the other problem overlaid on top of that is even when you, you, you sort of feel like you know what your kids need and you know what you ought to be doing for them, but where is the time? And what happens is, you know, it's the old thing about the squeaky wheel gets the, the grease. I mean, there's so many things in life that just kind of crowd into us. I mean, our emails come in, our texts come in, our social media comes in, our, our church job needs to be done. If it doesn't, if it isn't, we, we, we hear about it. Our, our you know, our work uh, takes so much of our time, so many things that sort of demand our time. And then here's our kids sitting over there 
and, and you say, well, they're pretty demanding too. And they are for certain things. I mean, we've got to take care of them. We've got to get them to school. We've got to feed them. We've got to clothe them and so on. But the real parenting stuff, the real time with them, reading them a book, sitting down, having a discussion, going on a daddy date or a mommy date, doing these, these things that we know are the key to parenting, where do you find the time for them? It's just so incredible. It's hard to make the time match up. You know, it really is a true. I'm thinking back to the days of Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> and even when I was a child, I lived on a little farm and it wasn't too far from Little House on the Prairie, although my parents were a generation older than most parents. But it really was amazing how simple our lives were when we were children. You did your paper route and you went to school and so on. It is so complicated now. There are so many things pulling at us. Well, and, and the kids. I mean, just when you the ultimate frustration is you finally find some time you want to have some some quality time with the child, and he's not available because he's got his gadget there. He's doing something else on his social media right or he wants to be with friends or you know do something else so it really is it's really difficult and i'm so glad that you have um all the answers today with how, <laughs> how to do this because it really is well hard. what we have is one answer we have one and it's it's one of those sleepers it's something that is so simple that we almost don't believe it can it can be important but it, it's actually enormously important and and here's the key to it Every study we see and every every bit of research we do, it's pretty obvious that the things you think most about become your priorities. Maybe not ideally, maybe not the thing you answer on the survey is the most important thing, but the thing you think about most becomes the thing that you end up spending your mental energy and your time on. And and so what we ended up saying to these these two ladies that came up to us after this speech wanting to know how can I prioritize my family more? The simple bottom line is we've got to think more about parenting. We've got to think more about our kids and about their needs. Not, not when it's demanded of us, not when there's a crisis or not when a kid calls and needs you right at that moment or something. We've got to learn to put more of our, our thought process into our kids. If there was some way to put some kind of a measurement on your brain, Linda, and how much time are you thinking about cooking? How much time are you thinking about social things? How much time are you thinking about sports? How much time are you thinking about your job? How much time are you spend thinking about your church calling? If there could be some kind of a, a printout that would show you, where would your children rank now, now you, you, we think a lot about them when we're worrying about them, when they have a problem or something. Sure, yeah. But how much, it's like the elective time. It's like the time when you don't have to think about them. How do we, how do we get ourselves to, to push our kids up higher on the ranking chart of where our brains are, of how much time we're thinking about them? Uh, that's so interesting because I, I need you to stop at sports for just a minute. Uh, I have a sports maniac here who loves sports of all kinds and suddenly it's football season basketball oh, this season, is baseball the October season. the one time the baseball football and basketball are all on at once 
It, it's absolutely <laughs> crazy, and I have to say, you spent, now you're making me feel guilty. No, but I'm I'm so glad for that because I have been had my head down oh. doing this book, and <laughs> she so wants to get rid. It's of like, me, so. oh, thank you, thank you so much <laughs> that you have something to do. But when our children are home, and they're they have so many needs, there it is really true. I mean, you can't spend equal time thinking about parenting as watching a baseball game. I mean, that's long, as I keep saying. Well, that's the problem, though, is we we let we only have 24 hours a day, and we spend a certain amount of that time sleeping, and then all the rest of that time gets sucked away into into things as unimportant. I'll say it as watching a ball game, and I, I don't want to make us feel guilty when we do something like that, but it just gets back to this question. How do we get ourselves to think more, just think more, and think more constructively and more deliberately and more creatively about what kind of a dad we are, what kind of a mom we are, what this child needs, what that one needs, what could be done to help this one's life be better? How do we get ourselves to focus more of our brain power on our first priority. So what is the answer? I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that a lot more in the second half of the show, but just as a teaser and, uh, and tell, while we have a little break here, what do you do? What do you do? I know what you do, but you tell the audience what you do and, and what we kind of do together also um, to really prioritize kids. How do you think about it for that long? Well, I think it comes down to two things, and we'll we'll just throw this out there, and then we'll take a brief break, and then come back and discuss it more. Number one, you do have to actually schedule some time, some thinking time, and then that that's especially important if you're a married couple and you need to brainstorm about certain things to do with your kids. This is not time with the kids. This is time to think about the kids together as a couple. So number one is scheduling. Number two might surprise you. We need to use the very electronic data, the very social media, the very the very technology that pulls our time away. We need to use that technology and have the right websites and the right social media that actually causes us to ask ourselves questions about our parenting and to think more about it. So we'll get into those two potential solutions in just a minute after this break we'll be right back and we're back um, we're talking today about prioritizing our children which sounds important and we all know it is but at the same time it's so hard to do so we've just gone through a little tirade in the first half about how hard, how hard it is. It is. Yeah. it is so difficult to do that. And we are now going to try to come up with some things that we can do that really make a difference as far as prioritizing our children and finding the time to do that. And not only just prioritizing, thinking. We're talking about thinking. Thinking. The, 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 you know, the, the spiritual creation of the kind of parents we want to be. Kids often get our leftover time. I mean, that's a terrible thing to say, but they... They get the dregs. We, we spend a day at work or we spend a day doing other things and we come home and we're tired and we, we tuck them in bed or we, we, um, we, we quickly read them a little story or something. But, but we're not really focused on their needs and our thought process is not gravitating toward them as much as we'd like. So number one, we want to suggest 
that if you're a married couple that you schedule a time, we prefer Sunday to have what, 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 for want of a better term, we call it a Sunday session where the husband and wife, the mom and the dad are just sitting down together and focused on the kids really bringing into your brain and putting your brain power to work on what the kids' needs are. And we call it a five-facet review. Why don't you just cover that in terms of how we do it, Linda? And then people will find their own way that works for them. And if you're a single parent, don't tune out because you can do this with a grandparent or with someone else who knows and loves your kids. Well, let me clarify here a little bit. Um, You don't have to do this on a Sunday. I mean, on Sunday, we usually talk about what the needs of the children are. We go through the schedule. We figure out who has to be where, when, and so on, and, and address specific problems. But, but we, the five-facet review. When we do this five-facet review, it is sometimes in the car. It sometimes is uh, on a Monday night um, after the kids have gone to bed and when we've had them around or a Sunday night. Yeah, um, you can schedule at any time, but for what it's worth, I think all during our child-rearing years, Sunday was the best time. Yeah, and and you pretty well cover what you need to t- uh, what you need to know about your child in 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 not too many minutes, depending on how many problems that child has. But so, what are those five facets? So we talk about how is this child doing physically. We just spend a few minutes talking about, you know, uh, does she need glasses? Um, does what? How the teeth? Um, for a lot of us, actually, I have to say that. We built our orthodontist <laughs> house because every one of our children have these horrendous teeth. So talk about that. Then talk about emotionally. How are they doing emotionally? Are they up and down? This is one child at a time. You're just focused on one of your children. How is that child doing emotionally? How are the moods? Where Where is that child emotionally? Right. And don't worry about writing this down because we'll have BYU Radio put this on their website so you can go to it. Um, but then how are they doing mentally? How are they doing in school? How do they learn? We have such huge variety of learning um, styles among our children. Um, are they right brain learners? Are they left brain learners? How, how are they doing? Are they but struggling? Again, one at a time, do? how is this child, how does this child do this? Exactly. Then um, socially, how do they interact with their friends socially? Um, we had a child that was extremely shy. And we had to come up with a way that we could help her branch out a little bit and feel more comfortable. And it was a long plan. I mean, we really talked a lot about it during that time. And then uh, spiritually, how are their little souls? How do they feel about who they are compared to uh, the world and God and, and their faith and all those things? It's just it's so interesting to talk about those things so try, one child at a time yeah yeah exactly one facet exactly time. try to imagine that try to imagine you're sitting with your spouse on a sunday you've set aside some time maybe it's in the evening after the kids are in bed and you're going to focus all of your attention all of your brain power on one child at a time because the bottom line is you're the expert on that child you're going to learn more from this than you do by reading a parenting book or, or consulting an expert on online because you're the expert, you're the one who knows. You're asking yourselves the key questions. How is Johnny doing physically? How's he doing mentally? How's he doing emotionally? How's he doing socially? How's he doing spiritually? And by the time you're done, and this is where you wanna take notes, 
what are you what are you concluding what are the needs you're finding what are the things you could do how can you be a better steward over that child and and it's just a powerful thing and it's it's cumulative because you have your notes and the next week when you meet again you you bring those notes back in and you did we follow through have we learned more and and really what it's doing is it's short circuiting this problem we talked about in the first half of the show so many other things are pulling at your mental priorities your mental capacity you are now being deliberate and taking charge and saying i'm going to focus on this child and that thinking will carry over throughout the week and you'll find that your your mental effort your mental thought process is starting to align itself more with what your priorities are which is your children exactly and sometimes you have to spend more time on one child who's struggling right at that time which is pretty obvious but you don't want to make it sound like we do that every week because we usually did it once a month well we did it well we 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 did a thorough a big thorough one once a month but but ever i think my whole point linda is that you need to if you're if you're fighting this battle of i'm not thinking enough about my kids you need to do that once a week in a deliberate way in order to get your mind back on what it is that those kids need. And, and you know, if you're not doing that at least once a week, what do these kids need? Then they tend to slip away and you, you get busy with other things and you, you, I mean, the whole point is they're our priorities. They deserve undivided attention for a period of time every single week in order that during the week that unfolds after that, we got them in our heads. We're thinking about them, you know? Right. Um, I'm just, uh, <laughs> we had nine children. So to go through five facets for nine children is hard. And so I think what we did is had a date once a month, usually the first Friday of the month. We set it up just as uh, we did a family meeting um, once a week, once a month, we went away to a restaurant and I did not take my checkbook and say, I can't be out of money. I don't have any, I, I still have checks <laughs> left or whatever, you know, um, we really, uh, had a good time just talking once a month about the total upkeep of these kids. And it's true. You have to keep then every, on task every, every week. You revisit that. And how are we doing? And is our, is our, are our kids really our first priority? Right. Right. Um, but I do have to say during that time, it really is amazing. The things that pop up in your mind that you hadn't thought of before. And, I was usually with the kids uh, a lot more than Richard. He was working full time and I was usually home except for sometimes. But anyway, it really was interesting that I I thought of things that I had not ever thought of before. It's like, oh, my gosh, this child is is acting strangely because why? Why? And then we talk about it together and and came up with some pretty amazing and answers. You pray, and that causes you to pray specifically, too. Why? Right. Why is this happening? Draw down some answers and some power from heaven. Um, I do think that this really helped us to catch some things in the bud that, you know, when you're so busy, you just don't see what's going on and you just don't notice it until it's too late. And so many parents now are saying, you know, I did the best I could with the information I had at the time. If I would have known this, I, you know, if I'd thought about it a little longer, maybe I could have uh, gotten past that problem without this huge big blow up. So, now, the other half of the solution, and again, this, this is kind of counterintuitive in a way, because we often think of 
social media and apps and, and websites and so on is the things that pull us away, pull our attention away from our families. But we want to suggest there's, there's really four kinds of websites that you ought to be visiting fairly often. I mean, I often think, Linda, if, if we could just all get in the habit of every time we're online, spending a minute or two with a parenting website of some kind, that would pull our attention back to our kids. That would refocus where our brains are. I mean, and one, one I'm just going to go through the, the four of them real quickly, and then you comment on them, honey. I, we love mommy blogs, parenting blogs. There are so many around. Our daughters have some tremendous ones. Uh, one that many of you may follow is 71toes.com. We'll, we'll put these on the website for today on the BYU radio website. But when you go on those mommy blogs or parent blogs, what's another family doing? How are they doing it? That refocuses your attention. And well, that's a great thing. And not just blogs, websites. We ha- our oldest daughter is doing a website called a power of moms, which they, she's done with, uh, friend for many many years but it has accomplished so much good with moms who get no training anywhere there's no career training for mothers come on and so they do have to you have to have a place where you can go for advice they have wonderful articles there they have a mom conference every year it is really amazing what you can do if you really focus your so that, that's actually on. the second one I was going to mention. So you got mommy blogs, you've got websites that are that are built especially for moms like Power of Moms dot com dot com. Then you've got you've got parenting websites and our our own of course that many of you go to is valuesparenting.com. Uh, a person said the other day, do you realize you've got over a thousand pages on that website? And we said, yeah, that's the point. It's it's navigable. You can go to the parts you need most for the parenting you're involved in right at the moment. And the fourth kind, we love a, a, a bulletin we get, the Institute for Family Studies. And you can Google that and we'll put it on today's broadcast on BYU Radio today on the write-up. But just learning more about what's happening to families. What are the threats? What are the things you have to be aware of? What are the things that, that you need to, to, to view as dangers and protect your children from and so on? So, so I'm, you know, bottom line is let's use electronics and technology and the web and the apps and the social media. Let's find apps and websites and blogs that actually bring our thought back toward our children rather than sucking our thought away from our children. And that's a a good way to prioritize. So to summarize, schedule time to think. The question again, how do I think more about my family? One, schedule time for it. Two, have certain places electronically that you visit often that stimulate you and cause you to think more creatively about how to be a better parent. Right. And it, it really does make a difference. Um, I know, we know how busy you are and it, not only with parents, I think we need a little shout out for grandparents because I've been yep, thinking about yep. them so much. Uh, there's so many things that grandparents can do. In fact, I'm just doing some research on divorce and and what a huge influence grandparents can be in a divorce situation to support children. There are really so many things that grandparents can do to step in and help parents without being overwhelming or taking charge, just being the support system. It's really important. We are what we think about. 
fellow parents and grandparents, you are what your thoughts direct you to be. Um, think hard about how to spend more time, more mental energy, more thought on your children and on your grandchildren. And I promise you that as you do, you will become a better and better and more effective and more influencing type of a parent than you are now. So we wish you the very best. Thank you for all the wonderful families you're raising out there and grandchildren you're taking care of. We will see you next, well, maybe next time, next whenever time. it is. We'll <laughs> on see you on the road. Bye-bye. Love y'all. 